Crouch. Bind. Set. Joe presents the House of Rugby. Welcome to the House of Rugby, brought to you by Joe. As always, I'm joined by my little sidekick, Sean O'Brien. Some people call him the Robin to my Batman. I just like to call him the Tullo Tank. You well? <laughs> Very well, Batman. Good to see you. Yeah. Glad we agree on that. And also, we're joined by Rugby Royalty. You've had 55 caps for England, yeah. three Lions tours, a World Cup winner. Will Greenwood, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Delighted to be here. And uh, we saw this week you've been training quite hard again. Naked rowing, is it? Close to. The camera angle suggested uh, I was on flagrante, in flagrante, <laughs> how you describe it. But now I can... I did put out... I said, doesn't everyone row naked as the follow-up question? And, and uh, it was surprising how many people... Yes, finally. Yeah. Someone who does what I do. I went, no, I don't. I don't think, uh, as Shawnee would say, you, you, be careful where you slide. Correct. But I have noticed, Will, you actually do like having your clothes off when you're training. Uh, it's, um... Hill do you know what? I've ever... I, I had it... <coughs> I was going to say it's the same. I've, I've always felt constrained by clothes. <laughs> A man after your own heart, mate. Oh, wow, <laughs> you too. <laughs> no, I don't know if it's the text. Sometimes any sort of irritation, any label yeah. in the back, uh, have to rip it out. I genuinely have sensitive skin. <laughs> yeah. That's not a bluff. Is, is that what you're calling what happened to your lip? Is that just practicing your boxing in the Aviva or Two, what was going on? I actually was sparring last week. Yeah. Properly sparring. So not back I did again. sparring last yeah, week. For the it's a great for way to keep fit, isn't it? For the first time. So I learned a lot last week. How, who, would, who would you least like to fight in, say, the Premiership or World Rugby? I'd say someone like Ellis Genge. A bit of a brawler, like... You keep him, you keep him reach, yeah, you? keep him reach, but it like depends on what you're doing. Do you want an actual boxing match? <laughs> That's the I idea. Got, uh, who, who would... I got rung up to do some celebrity boxing, <laughs> and I went no. <laughs> and they went, we haven't even told you who you're fighting yet. And I went, it's still no. Can we at least tell you who you would fight? No, but if you must, then please tell me because no, whatever comes out of your lips will still be a no. A uh, Wendell Sailor. When the sailor, big deal. Yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I was like, who'd want to fight him? Oh man, he's yeah. off the chain. Yeah. I, heard, I heard a great story about him. It was uh, Joe Shaw, our coach, was playing England sevens, and it was like him, Jamie Noon, and I think Stevenson. Noon would be a good scrapper. Yeah, but they were playing, lining up in the sevens over in Australia, and it was just as I think Matt Rogers, Sailor, uh, Takiri had all come over, so they put him into the sevens team, and they're lining up. And Joe Shaw, he said, he's never felt so small in his life. You've got Wendell Sailor, Takiri, all there. And in the tunnel, he's just like, as you're there, he just goes, he's just going, Dell's going to get you. Dell's going to get you. Dell's going to get you. Woo! Dell's going to get you. And he just <laughs> stares at me and he just went about that big in a second. Wow. And sure enough, he just went out there and scored four tries. You know who I would like to fight, though? Oh, well, he would. Yeah, right. pa Paul Gallen. I, th I thought you were going to say me. I was like, who? Paul Gallen, the rugby league guy. He's pretty good, mate. Yeah, he's he's fought a few fights, but I've watched him on YouTube. I wouldn't mind having a crack on him. Watching his style, have you? Mm. The likes of Snatch now would be more my type of fighting. Brad Pitt, like get, get in get in amongst a, a few bales of straw and a few pallets and let fly. You had a very different upbringing, didn't you, Alex? Uh, I'm I'm gonna put my hands up. And say boxing is is too tough for me. I'm not even going to think about it. And it's not because I've got good looks. It's just an incredibly tough sport where it's one thing being unbelievably fit. You know, rowers, cyclists. 
boxes, but when someone's hitting you in the face at the same time, it just seems like a ridiculous <laughs> idea. So happy to watch it, yeah. but yeah. but not for me. But anyways, we move on to the Autumn Internationals, not too many scraps. It's been uh, another great weekend of games. Sean Lee, let's go straight to Ireland. You were there, weren't you? Yeah, it was. I was there. I was, uh, it was actually an incredible experience to be there at the weekend. The atmosphere in the stadium was electric. Uh, people were so, so happy, obviously, with the result. The buzz before the game was brilliant. Um, definitely the best display I've seen them play in four, four and a half years, probably. Um, and they were just ruthless and relentless and non-stop. And it looked like the All Blacks had no answers to them at times. And then, <clears throat> out of nowhere, they'd score. It was, like, incredible, some of their scores as well. But, yeah, I just, I, after a couple of minutes, I was like... They're going to win today. Like after about ten minutes in the game, I was like, "These boys are all over them." Just, just going on about Ireland here, in the sense of when you played, obviously you've seen the difference now from when you you finished playing for Ireland to how well they moved the ball in the last couple of games, particularly yeah. Japan and then New Zealand. Is that something speaking to the guys that made a big effort to try and really work on, or is it just different coaching styles now? Because for me, the way they looked after the ball, firstly, the breakdown was incredible because that's when New Zealand are so good at sort of getting a turnover and playing in the transition. Mm. But secondly, just the way they move the ball, playing out the back of the, the three forwards and then hitting two runners, moving it wide, their shape. Everyone was wanting the ball. Everyone was running good lines close together, not long wide passes where defenders can shoot out and hit you. It was really well organised and then the accuracy was amazing. Yeah, it was, but... Yeah, they have to understand that when we were with Joe Smith, we were so programmed not to do exactly what they're doing now. It was like, carry hard, tuck the ball, clean the breakdown. Obviously, our breakdown was very good under him too, but there wasn't this sense of, okay, we'll, we'll jouer a little bit and we'll, we'll move teams around like they did at the weekend. And I thought that started last year in the Six Nations against England, that moving that point of contact, moving these big teams around the place. And at the weekend, we were like playing so smart, playing out the back of the pod at times, getting to the getting to the edge of the field, not being afraid to attack the edge of the field, and really like stressing New Zealand. Um, and then the most impressive thing for me, as you said, was the breakdown. But I thought the carry and how hard we were carrying the ball, like even someone like Josh van der Fleer, who's not the biggest seven in the world. Mm. He was running at 100 miles an hour, lads. And we were just getting, winning, a, winning a foot or two, winning a metre here and there. And then with, with a good breakdown, <coughs> everything just opened up. So it was hugely impressive, hugely impressive. And I think that's three games now where we've seen them kind of move the ball and express themselves a little bit. And hopefully that continues. The TMO now is riding side saddle with the ref and just getting involved on everything. And the only thing that I would say, and I'm conscious I'm sat next to an Irishman and we've just talked about how brilliant they were, they still needed an element of luck. Ioanni to Ioanni was about as good a short pot ball. Rico drops off yeah. after he gives it, hits, drops off, exaggerates the look. Akira walked in. Both referee and touch judges went, show me something clear and obvious. There was nothing clear and obvious. On the 38th camera angle, which wasn't level, the, the TMOs came in and said, Nat, you're all wrong. It's clearly forward. And I'd just go, um, it was just one of those moments. So it's it, a side issue because it'll come <coughs> up in the England game. Mm, yeah. That uh, in amongst it uh, and some of the quality rubber we've got that we've invited VAR in to our world 
and it's not quite being managed properly. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people would say the games are just going on too long. We had it in yeah. the Lions, we had it again now in the autumn. It's sort of taking two and a half hours sometimes yeah, well, to finish this game. Well, but well, you want them to get the right decision. You want them to get the right yeah. decision, but I think like you don't have to be a great referee nowadays. Because mm. <laughs> you, you have another referee watching the game with you. So like it's not like that's what I think as well. I don't think I think referees are able to make those decisions. Should be able to make those decisions themselves. Yep. As you said, right? It wasn't whether forward or not. It's just, it's a great piece of play. It's like the resamid incident at the at the weekend where they're saying mm. there's separation. Don't even have a look at that. It was an unbelievable thing that he done. It's a try. Let it go, like. But at the minute, they're they're constantly in their ears about every little detail. A bit like American football. Mm. Eight referees throwing yellow flags on, and it becomes very, very stop-start. If you've got 35 camera angles, I'm telling you, if you start to pick out every infringement, the game will the game won't start. I think the bigger issue here, and we'll, we'll, we won't go too deep into it, is we want more and more people to watch the game, spectators to be there, and if the game is stop-start, you lose people. Football is a wonderful game because it's simple and quick and the tempo is always high and you carry on. How upset people have been with VAR. We don't want rugby to go down that yeah. route. But moving on just... Before we finish, sorry, in Ireland, um, Joe Carberry did really well. Um, <clears throat> obviously, Sexton's out for four to six weeks. Yeah. Do we think Joe Carberry will take over the shirt straight away? No one else will come in? I, I think so. I, I think you need to land him out there now in that environment. Let him start, let him own the game, let him run the team as he, as he sees fit. Hasn't he beaten the All Blacks three times? Yeah, as well. Like, I mean, Good how owner. much experience do you need? Chuck him straight out there then. Yeah, chuck him out there, exactly. And um, I think, I think uh, either Jack Carty or Harry Byrne will be on the bench. Um, so it's, it's exciting to see what he can bring to the table too. And Scotland this weekend, just gone, sorry. South of Scotland, 30 yeah. points to 15. Where did it unravel for Scotland? Was it just the... Scrum, the, the scrum, set scrum, piece scrum, set-piece, just swamped him. Um and Finn Russell was trying to, he did two cross kicks almost coast to coast, bang, get one, get one out, ended up with the hog try. They ended up going sideways, backwards, up their own backside by the end of it because there was just nowhere to go. I mean, it was just, I think, uh, I don't necessarily bang the drum for South Africa's sake for the sake of it, but people go, oh, they're so dull. It's like, come on, no, no, no. They do play. I mean, their modus operandi is to bully you to get you to start playing out of your game pattern to get you to do different things and then they do strike don't tell me Dialandi and Am aren't quality players don't tell me Reinhardt doesn't come on and looking for the space Quagga Smith is a sevens player he'll play from anywhere mm. these guys will go but they understand how do we beat a team we just suffocate them we just press them hard and there is nowhere and then to have that bomb squad come on at 40 minutes um, two of them were Marks and, and Kitsoff I remember I can't remember the other guy who comes on the title but uh, Vincent, Vincent comes Cock, on yeah. doesn't he and they take Unche off uh, Umbanambi and Etzebeth by the way do you see how the game finished he went to he scrum kicked, off picked up kicked up just did everything I mean he was just like I'm going to take I'm going to take the ball off you I'm going to win that line out I'm going to carry he carries that they are to proper if Scotland just couldn't cope and that's always been the issue potentially with Scotland to win a World Cup to go back to back to back against the big teams and um, up against Japan next for Scotland um, you think they can win that one? Yeah I think I think they can win it but it's going to be it'll be a difficult game for them as well because Japan will want to play it and kind of put a few things right that they haven't got I suppose in place over the last while um, but uh, do you know what do you know what I was I find f- frustrating about the Scottish team is they like win a turnover in the middle of the field and they're all like going absolutely crazy and like giving it loads like just a turnover for instance 
Paul but do you think they need to get on to the next job and like go and go and beat these teams rather than jumping around and shouting at lads and all this type of thing? Um, it's just it's just something that like you're kind of looking at them going, you haven't you haven't won. Uh, you know anything major the last while like get on to the next job and go and win these games and take and take teams on but anyways we go on to England <laughs> Australia yeah um, Will obviously England came through at the end last minute try yeah. scoreboard helped did you think they were a bit clunky at times especially the let's talk about Marcus Smith Owen and the back line the reshuffles I thought that combination worked really well actually having gone away the thing that I found slightly perplexing was I get you have to move people around because you've got Mano on the wing. So he basically played in the midfield. Understand that. I then think, well, okay, if he's playing in the midfield, then you're going to push probably Slade to play wing, float on the wing. But he played fullback. And Stewart played on the wing. And I just thought he obviously scored his great try from the position of fullback. Again, without being overly technical about it, if you've got a young kid who's so good as a fullback and then you're asking him to play on the wing, I just felt. Where am I right now? What am I supposed to do? Off a turnover, what have we got? Am I back at fullback? Am I on the wing? And actually that ability to play what you see in front of you comes from time in the saddle. I'm not averse to moving people around to, to, to utilise their super strengths, to make sure they're doing on the field what they feel they should do. England won't be celebrating, won't be going wild. They'll be thinking, our autumn is building nicely. Flexible run out against Tonga. Nice ramp up in intensity against Australia. The big test is the rerun of the World Cup final, and it will be a proper, proper test match Saturday. And we'll get on to that in a second. For you, who impressed you in the forwards for England? Um, the think, back row is always. Yeah, I no, I think the back row is. I think Curry was great again. I think he told you it was unbelievable. Um, but like, they're consistent performers, those boys now. They don't have bad games. No. I've never seen Curry have a bad game, ever. Um, and I told you, it's just he's just so so destructive. Like they're they're the leading the drivers there. I thought Jamie George had a wonderful game until he got hurt. Um, he's really had a kind of a point to prove, I think, since he went back in there. And I just think on the flip side of that, in Australia, I, like I I don't know what they're doing in their defence as well at times. They're all over the place in that element. I think, and I'd agree with you, Will. I think they're an average team at the minute without their three or four big boys involved. So, South Africa coming to town for England. Uh, last game of the Autumn Internationals for both of them. Pretty battle-hardened South Africa. It's been a long, long year for them. Uh, England obviously building. A uh, few people missing out now or injured. Jamie George, uh, Owen Farrell out of the game. How big a loss are those two? You know, the reality is, with Farrell out, it would probably go to a more natural backline, as in players playing in their own position. You'd just imagine it would go Smith to Alangi Slade, to Alangi... Uh, attack at 13, defend at 12. Radwin will come back in on the wing. Do you think Radwin's not Malins? With Malins as cover, I think he'd go as out-and-out out specialist winger, but you never know with Eddie. To me, on this one, I'm, there's no need for me now to do less TV to make enemies. I think it's a three-point ball go and goes either way. I think the South African game is a toss of a coin and anyone who sits here and says they're definitely going to win. Uh, I personally believe South Africa would probably start ever so slight favourites, but I've not checked the odds. Shawnee, how do you see the game going? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with Will. Um, I think it'll be close, but I do think if Marler isn't back involved um, and without one foul, um, I think it's going to be. I, I think it'll be a bit different for that England team. Uh, what I do think is it'll be as good as Australia, Ireland, uh, New Zealand, Ireland, Ireland, New Zealand. We're in for a cracker then. 
Beer Butte. And uh, moving to Wales, Fiji. Uh, obviously, Wales came through. Um, Will, how impressed were you with Fiji? To Brilliant. Going down to 14 men, obviously, poor discipline, but how they competed for so long. Yeah, you sort of, you read the headlines. And on often it's like Wales get away with a, you know, and you're thinking, oh, what, what's going, well, well, Wales really that bad is what you're expecting to watch. And I'm watching and go, no, they really weren't that bad. So a whole lot of them came on and played really well. Beard in the line out, outstanding, some, some standout performances. But Fiji were just absolutely fabulous. I mean, fabulous. That matter at eight, your fellow yeah. Tourisui at six. Yeah, six, yeah. Um, uh, Rituni from Northampton. The scrum was solid. And then out in the backs, their pace, their movement, their ability to pick the balls off their toes and keep playing. Matter was absolute rock star. And um, it's, the, it's the classic piece of ill-discipline, the swinging arm, that there was no other option. No. But, but a red. I, I think they love playing Wales as well. In the last, like, you look at the last couple of World Cups and stuff as well, Fiji have always given Wales a good rattle. Um, and it'd be very interesting if there was 15 men on the field at the weekend for that, for the, for the 80 minutes and to see where they were then, I thought their breakdown was unbelievable. Mm. And in terms, and so, some of it was obviously a bit sloppy, but they were competing for everything. But they were all in, like they were 100% in on this ball, turnover and away with them then, playing, playing what they're able, just doing what they're able to do. So they're, they're usually impressive. And I think the few coaches have got in there on, that, on this short-term basis or whatever way it's going to work out going down the line, if they do get a bit more discipline mm. and, and a bit more, a little bit of structure around certain areas, not to take away from the way the Fijians play, they'll be very, very dangerous going forward. Because they're big physical men. Uh, but Wales, though, we've, we've talked about how good Fiji were. They'd probably be a bit disappointed. Australia up next. Two teams probably looking to find a big result to finish off. Um, An Aussie mate who I've got tickets for him at Principality just dropped me by and said, can you shift them? <laughs> I think he's gone, not only are we not very good, he, he doesn't think Wales are any cop either. So I've got mates. Oh, I, th- I think it'll be a, a great game of rugby. I think yeah. both teams will move the ball around. Um, mm. I just think Wales... Uh, lacking a bit, a bit of confidence from where they've yeah. been previously. Um, a few combinations, they just haven't had time together. It would be interesting if they go in midfield. I think Liam Williams is big for them coming back in the aerial Huge. game. Yeah. Um, obviously, Alan Wynn not being there puts a big, big amount of pressure on Beard, who, who played brilliantly. But I just, yeah, I'd be interested to see. What do you think to Australia I think, Wales? I think if Australia get their discipline right this weekend, first and foremost they'll be in a way better place. And I think that's been a poor part of their game now for a while. They're disciplined and their defence. They're loose in both areas. And if they can tighten up, like if they can kind of stop getting into the double figures in, in penalties-wise, they'll be in a way better place like in their game. France versus Georgia. Um, it, just in terms of the <coughs> psychology here, they've played Georgia one comprehensively. They've got New Zealand up next. New Zealand have had an unbelievably hard game against Ireland. Who's in a better place for this game? I think France will go, we're two years out. This is a good little litmus test for where we are. We're going pretty well. We've got England at home in the Six Nations. Um, probably, was it last year, they got done on the final round. Uh, again, chasing the bonus Scotland, point against Scotland. Scotland then won it. Um, I think France look in good shape. I, li- I like Aldrit. I uh, like Wocky and, and Makalu and they drop them and bring others in. Valemze, who's not playing, the Racing 92 geezer's not playing at the moment. They've got, they're one of the short odd favourites to win the World Cup in 2023. Considering where they've come from, that's a pretty cool place to be in. 
Um, do you, you battle to beat New Zealand this weekend? Is it Stade de France? Yeah. New Zealand don't lose two games in a row. So you're, you're back in New Zealand. For what reasons? They don't lose two games pop, in a row. Pop, any more detail than that? They did in 2011, but mm, that's it. You got you got to literally look in the history books to I, find a time when they did. Yeah, I think I think they'll just be they were kind of listening to some interviews and talking to the boys afterwards. They were pretty hurt after last weekend, and they just the way they're able to bounce back after defeat and put things together and like go out and properly beat teams. I know France and them have history, etc., but I still think New Zealand this weekend will, will beat them. I think my, my fear for France is what Ireland could be, had that beautiful ability to move the ball but have structure with it. Yeah. I think the French will try and go toe-to-toe with the All Blacks and try and just beat them at their own game, which is unbelievable for the neutral. Yeah. But I think it's a dangerous game because I think the Kiwis will just come through and pick him off. How good is it to see a bloke who was playing Loughborough University 4-15 centre? Fifth, no, fifth, 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 fifth 15 centre. Because yeah. I started at Durham University 4-15. I'm like, <laughs> I've had another broke record. Broke, broke. Yeah, he's, he was he's proper Loughborough University fifths. And he's, uh, and he's a bit taller than you somehow. Yeah, he's a beanpole. Another <laughs> <laughs> the Montgomery Burns running around, <laughs> scoring tries. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, and move on to predictions time now for me and you, Shawnee. Mm. Uh, I'm it's winning. Tough weekend, this. I, I, was, I was up 12-10. Um, as you can see, Shawnee, you backed um, Fiji against Wales in the last week. Mm. But I backed the All Blacks against Ireland. So we both got one wrong. Mm. Coming down to the wire, final week... Um, and if whoever these, loses these is getting a steak dinner, when did you, when these have you are, sent these, these in? Early, we sent these in. So, so people who aren't watching, um, Shawnee has Come predicted. Come on, it's going to beat Uruguay more. It's Italy to beat Uruguay. Um, Do you get sure. bonus points if you get closer in terms of points? Well, I wanted to push that, but no, it's only if you get the exact score, right? Which no one's got. You get five points. Or it's two te- for the win. Both ten point wins. Scotland, Japan. Um, Scotland, both backed Scotland. Both um, back South Africa. Uh, both back to South Africa. Um, in a score. You've gone for Australia by two points. Yeah. I've gone for Wales at home. I've gone for the home team. Um, I've gone New Zealand. You've gone New Zealand. Very, no, pretty similar scores. And we both backed Ireland to beat Argentina in very similar very, scores as well. You, you, you copied me a lot, I'd say. Um, well, we didn't see each other's. Um, what's, but, your, what's, what's the score overall? So I am two points up. Oh, he's got no chance then. He had to well, have two different results. Yeah, so he can get a draw. He can hang on for a draw. So it really comes down to, uh, what do we say? Uh, Australia, Wales. That's the big one both are watching. Uh, and if he's if he's wrong and I'm wrong... Or if, no, he can't win. Yeah, he's got, he, he can't got win, one different but prediction. Ba- basically, if Wales win, Shawnee is buying me this, a I'll big steak this. dinner with right. some beautiful red wine. Uh, I didn't want to tell you this right away, but I'm actually going to cook for you. That's not really well, the deal, Unle- unless it comes <laughs> from the butcher and yeah. it's unbelievable tomahawk that's or something. That's what I'm going to do. We'll have a romantic night in the two. Okay, it's getting weird now. I've got to come to your I'll house. Give you a massage. You live, you live miles away. <laughs> no, so now your massage is in. Remember, I've got a friend who, who you know as well, so she, she didn't enjoy that massage. Uh, moving on to uh, rugby news, um, the World Player of the Year nominees came out. It was Dupont, Hooper, Atoji, and Karevi. Um, thoughts on those four? Great players. Yeah, great players. No doubt. Saw uh, Australia missing Karevi on this tour. Do you think Dupont, he deserves brilliant. to be there though, Karevi? He's only played a, a couple of games, we, some off the bench. So I was on the panel for a while. Oh, I better be careful. What I say. <laughs> not anymore. Not okay, anymore. that's all right. Not anymore. Then. We we uh, and the reality is, what happens is um, every game is watched. Mm-hmm. Every uh, international match is watched through through this panel. You get allocated game, and you get toward three points for a win. 
two points for a lot. Uh, so, so three points for the best player, two points for the second best player, one point for the third best player. Mm-hmm. What happens tends to happen is uh, actually often, unless there's a standout world player of the year, Carter, Barrett, something like that, the All Blacks and South Africans are, are so good, have so many good players that it's that it's quite evenly distributed. When England play, you're going to pick a Toje. Mm-hmm. You've just said earlier, he knows mm-hmm. Yeah. Curry as well. Yeah. Uh, Dupont is going to get three points every game. So occasionally it gets skewed against our friends from the All Blacks and they try their best to find a way to counterbalance it. But if you're just awarding on points per game, it's um, it's very difficult to A, factor in the quality of the players you're playing with and B, sometimes the quality of the opposition. That's a brilliant example of why there are no South Africans or Kiwis. Yeah, I t- I think- but who would you have if you were to pick... I would have New Zealand. Um, New Zealand. I'd have probably Will Jordan. Okay. The amount of tries he's scored, with the amount of games he's played, has been phenomenal. Mm. I think he's just got. He just think he's a ridiculous player. And then I think you score a few tries in the wing for New Zealand, though. Who you would? No. <laughs> and South Africans, I would probably would would have went with one of the centres. Delande, I mean, probably. So who wins who would, it? Who would you pick? See, I'm biased. I think, for me, DuPont or Itoji. I think Itoji's the best forward in the world. Probably, because of the impact he's had, I'd probably go DuPont. Okay. I'd just go... And you might go, actually, some of these appearances happened in 2020, but certainly in the Six Nations, I just felt that if you can't stop him, you can't stop France. <laughs> he is... Um, he's... I always remember my old man, we watched... We beat... Wales at Twickenham in 98 and I think it was Phil Vickery's first cap and my old man was an old rugby player played for England and captain England and we have it in the spirit of rugby afterwards upstairs you'll have been there yeah. we have a pint yeah. and the food afterwards <clears throat> he sidled up and he, they call him the Riddler because he's always talking in riddles my old man he goes you found him and I went who've I found dad you found him and I'm like dad what are you talking about <laughs> we found the, 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 the link Again, Dad, can you speak English? The link to win the World Cup. I went, what? He goes, Vickery. Bang. Easy man. Because he just turned, he just spotted him straight away and said, that fella will lead you to a World Cup. And everyone, yeah. seems, and Wilkinson came later. You just, certain areas, certain teams are just missing someone that needs to come in and Raging Bull was him. For my, that was my dad's opinion after one game. I get it. But I've sort of watched that and watched rugby ever since then. And like, you see players come in and out of squads and you go... Who transforms a team? And I think Dupont just allows France to have all that power and aggression and frustration up front and all that ability behind, and he finds a way to link it. Mm. And uh, for that, I think he's more than just a scrum half. And the French way is the nine is the dominant key yeah. player. Shawnee, who's your pick of the I'd four? I'd probably pick Dupont as well, to be fair. Um, he's just been outstanding uh, for France. Um He's the driver behind everything to do well. He creates things out of nothing at times. Um, had Proper ma- tough yeah, defender yeah. as well. Mass- he's had massive moments for them over the past uh, kind of two seasons as well. And then closely followed behind him, I would have went Michael Hooper because of the fact he was in an Australia team that wasn't going well. But yet his performances were absolutely... Ca- you want a captain who's going to lead from the front and going to show what it's all about week in, week out. Anytime he puts on that jersey, he's been outstanding. But Dupont, for me, gets the nod. In other news, Joe Biden, FaceTime the Irish team, wishing him, well, congratulating him for yeah. the All Blacks. Anyone 
FaceTimed you when you were involved with Ireland or anyone famous coming to change? Carney's massive, by the way. Huge, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's related to the Carney's. Seventh cousin, isn't he? Yeah. I don't know what seventh cousin is. They'll say, the, the Carney's will tell you that he's his first cousin, but he's actually, <laughs> he's seventh or eighth. But yeah, it was pretty cool, actually, the boys were saying to, um... You must have been yeah. with Daniel, didn't FaceTime, you got, you had a no, photo with Daniel, Daniel Craig, Daniel, Daniel Craig was in, came into change room with us and brought in a load of champagne and stuff with us, so it was quite interesting to have a bit of a yarn with him. Will, you, any, you must have had a few. Actually said that I could, oh. actually said that I could be the next Bond. Okay, moving on. <laughs> you know you're lying <laughs> now. Good set of teeth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Devil. <laughs> and, and then lastly, the Red Roses won, seven, won again at the weekend, 17 in a row for them. Yeah. How impressive have they looked again and building towards this World Cup? Yeah, I think they're incredible. They're an incredible outfit now. But it's 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 the work that's been done over the past few mm. years over over this side um, with the with the Premier Fifteens and the infrastructure they have now within the clubs and how how professional they are. Um, I, I I go and watch some of those games as I've said previously because some of the Irish guys are playing at Wasps and and a few in different clubs. But like they're a machine now. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be touched. Genuinely, I don't see any team rattling them to have a set piece as strong as you'd ever see anywhere um, backs moving the ball so so well they can all catch and pass ridiculously good um, they're just an impressive outfit and and you know what they're kind of so used to winning now as well they, they seem to be enjoying yeah. it so much um, yeah it's it's brilliant and I don't think they'll be stopped I genuinely don't I had a real I had one of my great days you know you talk about opportunities that things give you but th- I think it was three years ago now uh, must have been pre-cut pre-COVID, I got invited to go and train with the Red Roses down at um, Bisham Abbey. One of the most enjoyable hour and a half I've had. That it's exactly what you're saying, sure. It's so professional. Every mm. training session being the best version of themselves, the warm-up done on point, everything, no one looking, no cameras there, just we are going to finish this session better than we start it. And uh, they've done all this without Emily Scarrett, who's Gets into most world 15s, male and female, just yeah. pick her, uh, proper player. And, and up front, up front five, good luck taking them on. And then there's also you know, credit and recognition for Poppy Cleal and Zoe Allcroft as well, who are nominated for um, Women's Player of the Year. Allcroft, well. brilliant. Yeah. But they all are. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant from them. Um, also, we just want to talk about this book, Will, you've got here, uh, yeah. World Class. Yeah. Um, I guess from us, it's, it's what... Have you read it? Have you, I have haven't read all of it. No, I haven't, no. Research is good, you've it's, read it. I have got, 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 got research, we haven't got read the, the whole thing. Right. It's not big enough writing for me. Right. Um, what made you want to write a book, first and foremost? Um, I've always, so I love um, books like um, Rebel Ideas, Black Box Thinking, that they might have said... Adam Grant, Think Again, there's a Carol Dweck, Growth Mindset. I've always been fascinated by those books, uh, partly because I'm mentally ridiculously weak and I've always had to try and find ways to not have imposter syndrome, to not have skinny kid thinking, what am I doing in this tunnel? So go away and, and, and trying to learn something new from everyone I meet to, to try and give me the bluff, the bravado to be able to go and stand out on, on the on the pitch. Then. And that's a genuine thought that I had. I often would think, oh my God, I'm going to let England down tomorrow. Can't play, can't play, can't play. Then the game starts going, you're fine. But these sorts of books have always been things that I've thought, well, 
if they can do it and they're listing in it, you can put these things together in a certain way and it allows you to cope with pressure, understand how to deal with feedback, how to understand generosity, how can you be selfless. Um, so I've always had that idea in the back of my head and then obviously lockdown happens, I write for the Daily Telegraph and I still had eight pieces to do and there's no rugby. So I approached the editor, a really nice guy called Adam Sills, and said, can I do, can I go off piece slightly and just talk about feedback in business and sport I can't remember what had happened, but something had happened in the media the week, aside from obviously COVID, that had happened in a, in a business world. And, and someone had absolutely lambasted an employee or it had happened in sport publicly. And it's like, wow, that is not a great way to use feedback. So put my money where my mouth is, but I don't I write a piece on, on the best ways, easy ways to deliver feedback, receive feedback in the pursuit of better. Um, got halfway through it. I thought I need a little bit more business. And I've been working for an AI company about four or five years, but still relatively immature in terms of my commercial career. So teamed up with a great friend of mine who was a CEO of one of the great advertising agencies of all time, BBH. So uh, sort of Vosprung Dock Technik at Audi and, and Levi's and, and Boddington's and all the, that classic advert in the, with Nick Kamen getting dressed, undressed to his pants. The, the Levi's advert, probably the best advert of all time. So we start scribbling away, do one piece, uh, Telegraph go, oh, quite a few people read it. Can you, can you do another piece on pressure? And so then uh, we'd end up doing four and uh, Benny's got a high cadence work rate. Benny doesn't sleep that much. Uh, and he was, he'd launched a new business called The Growth House, which is all about leadership and, and, and culture, <coughs> and doc- culture dissemination amongst organisations, change leadership, change uh, structures um, and so he thought this would actually be a really good thing for him to do to condense all his thoughts into books we started scribbling um, and it took about eight months to get about 80 90,000 words done probably a bit faster than that but we're trying to do other jobs during lockdown as well uh, and then we thought right let's go out into the world and get ideally 50 interviews uh, real mix across the whole uh, spectrum of, of sex, gender, ethnicity, uh, to make sure we've got a real difference, different perspective on our opinions. Because it's, it's, it's not just people from sport, it's people from business Yeah, as well. absolutely, some great... Leaders in, the, in their field. Correct, that's exactly it. So on the front cover is Alan Joke, a cracking Scotsman, massive Scottish rugby fan, CEO of Unilever. I mean, you know, he's got 200,000 employees, ex- extraordinary organisation. Um... And uh, it just started coming together. And then as it came together, what I set out as a whole host of different chapters on different topics, it sort of seemed to filter itself down into three. If you can celebrate difference, forge togetherness, then you will have the ability to accelerate the growth of the individual or the organisation. So therefore, it split itself nicely into that. The reality is it's a book, we hope, is a pick-up, put-down book. I'm not saying, like, pick-up read it, it's rubbish, put it down. I mean, keep going back to it. What's your issue at work? What's the, what's the, the issue, the opportunity, the problem you might be having within your organisation for yourself or for your team? And use it. So do you see it as someone who's at work, who's a, a leader or a boss and they want to improve giving feedback? So you're yeah. the boss and improve giving feedback to me and Sean yeah. and you pick it up, look at chapter two, yeah. some post-its in there, come back to yeah. it, get about, some ideas about techniques, ways about to About seven or 8,000 words on each of those. Uh, some thoughts, some real thought leadership from CEOs of some extraordinary businesses and sports teams from individuals as well. But um, we've had some wonderful feedback from 
people who run management teams, I'm lecturing at Durham University Business School. They've read it and they thought there's a couple of ideas we'd like you to come up and talk about there. And then I had a mum who said that their 11-year-old had just read it and just couldn't stop making notes. And to me, that's <sighs> just the best thing ever, mm. that, uh, that, it, that it can span those age ranges. I think it's a brilliant concept because... I, I'm actually genuinely interested in this and I'll actually get you to send me one for free. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you take that one. Yeah. But uh, sure. do you know what I've started doing recently? Just, it's great that you put it into an actual book now with all these different experiences and different people within it, in, in the world giving their opinions and something that you can pick up. Because recently, uh, Stuart Lancaster's obviously, he, he puts out a lot of articles on LinkedIn about coaching and philosophy yeah. and leadership and at the minute I'm kind of like picking through some of them at the minute yeah. but as you say you go in you might have a problem within your own environment or an issue that you might want to try and resolve you pick it up you see what's what then you go back and try and implement it or yeah. see does the actual what's said there work yeah. with certain people totally and, and it's yeah, and it you kind try of, it you, and, and, you try it exactly. no, as I said you disagree violently probably with with certain points you go well that's not the case and we get that so the point is to to what i've always found from these books is if it's 350 pages long i know exactly where i want to go to and there's some things that almost become part of me and make give you that self uh that, that self-confidence that self-belief to take things on and yeah so we're really pleased with with how it's come out so yeah so let's talk about the world cup yeah um yeah, obviously very tough for you at the start. You prepared for it for so long. Um, your wife was, you know, having a child. And then going back to England and then coming back out and then being part of a team that, you know, went on to win and the only English team to, yeah. to win. You know, how, how special is that for you? And what do you remember of the whole sort of build-up in terms of the preparation over the years into it and then... Yeah, I mean, it's up. fascinating. I'd watched, what did I watch? Me and my missus you, flicking through on, I think it's on Amazon Prime, it might be Netflix, Building Jerusalem, yeah. which I'd never seen. Uh, and I watched it recently, and what was fascinating about it was some of the things came flooding back, some of the off the stuff they were talking about, and how we built the team, and, and how we really became this group that really did, wouldn't have swapped anyone from outside the change room from anyone here. No, no, you can keep your lot, we'll have, yeah. we'll have this lot. <laughs> offered anyone who's ever played rugby ever that fine. But actually, the games, remarkably little about the actual test match. I think most people, what I miss is um, going back in the changing room before, going back in the changing room afterwards, the the hard work, the, the, the not-so-naked rowing, but the tough sessions you do together, building that uh, discipline and, and, and connectivity between each other. And you watch certain teams do it, and you watch the, the Leinster team do it, you, you watch your Saracen team do it, and you just know how special... That is, and that's why I still go down to like, like my local level five rugby club, mm. because actually, if you surround yourself with good people, you can have a you can have a great fun. So, my overriding memory is actually um, remarkably good people um, achieving something that no one done before, no one's done since. But I don't remember it for that. I just remember it for um, the fact that if Jono rang up this week and said, "There's another game. It's three o'clock Saturday," and he sent the email out we'd all be there and we'd all have boots on and we might not be very good and we might be quite old we might get our heads kicked in but we'd go down scrapping uh and you think as and that's i think the 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 beauty of that team and it sounds it's this comment this the, the quote sounds aggressive when i start out not one of these england team will get in that team right and they go wow that's a bit punchy but i go but 
not one of us would get in their team. So what do you want? If you asked Itoje, would you want to swap any of us for that? He'd say, no, do one. I don't know that. Oh, rubbish. He says, this is my patch. These are my boys. This is my team. This is what we're going to do. And um, I think if you can find yourself in a team like that, and I'm sure the Saracens boys, you'd say the same thing. If you can find yourself in that sort of environment, then actually, I'm not saying the result doesn't matter, but the process of building and not worrying about the scoreboard and finding a way to win and... Um, or finding your own solutions to problems that don't always result in victories uh, and knowing that you've been beaten on occasion by a better team, shit happens, move on, you know, deal with it. But putting yourself in a position that you will, that a good team has to play at their absolute peak to beat you, that's what you're striving for in sport. Wasn't there a story where someone had asked, I'm not sure who it was, but in your England team at that stage, is there anyone you'd. This is before we were any good. Yeah, and yeah. and and everyone said no. There's absolutely not. And I think it could have been Mike Tyndall or someone said, "Well, I definitely swapped John Alumu for Frost and Healy." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's been accredited to me, which Austin gets really grumpy about. I'm not. It was one of those ones where I think it was said collectively as we walked out of the team meeting room, and then they just threw me under the bus for it. But did but did you doubt yourself? Yeah, you know like I did. The after, team didn't. Did, did, Jono didn't. Lawrence didn't. And that was the, the key beauty. figures. That was did the beauty. It. But they also. I think there were times... Uh, I remember Jono pushing his bolognese round his plate the night before the World Cup final. And my nickname was Shaggy. So these are the sorts of stories you do remember. Pushing his... And he goes, why do we do this, Shaggy? Why? I'm thinking, Christ, if you're scared, what chance have I got? Do you know? But it's that, it was what the beauty for me that moment was like I was feeling violently sick and think I just want to sleep forever. Come on, game. Come on, game. Come on. Using so much emotional energy to get to the start line. Actually, what was really comforting was... Whether he meant to do it or not, what great leaders do is show a little bit of vulnerability themselves and go, don't worry, I'm, I'm feeling what you're feeling. Now, you might have done it by accident, but it was, um, that's what, so to go back to your initial point, I think everyone brought something and, and it, celebrating difference. If you break it down on a rugby angle, Mike Tendall couldn't pass and let's for, and I couldn't tackle. So I did all the passing and he did all the tackling. And it, it's, it's, that's maybe far too binary about it, but we we built a relationship that meant that we never put each other in a position where they were uncomfortable. If a move came out that involved a triple salco pass from the position, we'd stop around. Originally, we wouldn't, but we'd just like, dude, why don't you stand here and I'll stand there? Yeah, yeah. good. And Woody and Clive, Clive would never question that. No, 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 you're that position, you're that position. But that takes, it doesn't happen on the first cap. You got to find out about each other. You got to have some shitty times to work out how that is. But the whole point of getting a different view of the mountain, getting different perspectives, bringing different skill sets of speed and strength and ability and endurance together is actually it's not about having the best fifteen players in the world run out for your team. It's about having the best probably four units, maybe five units of three within a team that go around in little hunting packs doing their thing spectacularly well. Well, we could, I mean, I could talk all day about the, the World Cup win for England. Shawnee probably doesn't want to hear about it. But we've had a few questions we put out to the uh, yeah. viewers. So we reached out to our fans on socials to yeah. see if they had any questions for you. And we have AD668. Yeah. Uh, who is the best player you've ever played with? And secondly, who is the best player you've ever played against? Johnson with Martin. Just it could do everything. Uh, and was a great human being. I mean, it is a great human being. So, John and the one, the second part was played against. against. Um, uh, it's sort of attached to question one because I couldn't say him in question one, but I enjoyed 
playing with him and against him in the Lions when I was an uncapped player, Alan Bateman, someone who I had a huge amount of respect for. I only played against him a couple of times. Uh, he could do it all. He could absolutely do it all. And as always in life, quite rightly, Gibbs gets a lot of headlines for some of the amazing performances he had for Wales. But he talked about Batman and Robin earlier. You always need a foil, a counterfoil, someone who just is quietly grafting, doing the bits you're not doing or covering for little bits of that you may have made a slight error on. He'll just sweep up. Uh, Batman, and that was his nickname, was... Uh, was a proper player. So we have a question from Freddie Montgomery Allsop. Uh, what was your favourite ever try that you scored? Favourite ever try? If you're an international, probably your first. Wales, 98. Probably Durham University. Um, against Swansea University. I think Rob Owley was playing and we were we were a pub team. We beat them in the quarterfinals of the U- University's Championship. We ended up making it to the final and got absolutely pumped by Loughborough. Um, now Malone, Derwin Jones, Tony Diprose, they were full of internationals. But beating Swansea um, and Tim Stimson had a penalty on the right touchline, right foot kicker. So I walked over to him and the wind was just slightly into him. And that's a strange thing to say to a kicker. I said, if you miss, miss on the left post. You know, so miss on the amateur side, miss on the left post. He says, why? I said, just aim how you're doing, but, but don't. Just don't push. If you miss, just, just like... So he drags it. And I scored directly from a penalty because it held up in the wind and caught it as it landed. Um, and so I think probably that helped us beat Swansea. And that's one of the, that's one of the days when I thought there's different ways to win a game of rugby. Uh, thankfully, for a skinny beanpole like myself, you can outthink people as well as outmuscle them. Fair enough. And then we have a question from uh, James Lee. Um, any stories about Austin? Austin Healy, I, mean, I assume you mean. Yeah, Austin Healy. Um, any of, I, I did hear rumours. Yeah, we don't talk about him. that one. We don't talk about that one. Okay. No. Uh, uh, what about so, uh, 97 Lions? Yeah. Letter? Yeah, so it's all done, it's all synchronised on Sky, isn't it now? And Jason Leonard announces the team and all the players found out, find out at the same time and you saw yeah. Chris Harris at Gloucester. Uh, and the celebrations that go on because you're all there's always three or four and Chris probably didn't think he would be in it and fair play to him but the old days was a good old fashioned letter so I lived with Oz and um, he's jumping up and down bouncing I can hear in the post come I'm going I'm going I'm going so I come downstairs he goes oh sorry that's really inappropriate of me Uh, I know you're in with a chance but there's only one letter Um, so anyway we called breakfast (laughs) He goes, look, there's a press conference at Leicester Tigers at half 11. A few lads are going to go for a few beers after. We've got he's, we've got five lads going. Eric Miller, Neil Back, Graham Rountree, Martin Johnson and himself. Why don't you come around and see what it's like to be a bit of a pop star, a bit of a rock star? <laughs> you know, you can learn. Right? So this is now 11.30, it's four hours after the post being. So I turn up in my uh, mini metro, one litre, and um, Oz is in the passion to see. And Graham Simmons, who is the Sky reporter, I wind the window down. No, Simmons, how are you, mate? He goes... Oh, well done. Awesome news. Wind the window back up. And, I, you know, because he was that side, I thought, yeah, fair play to yours. I thought he was looking through. And uh, I was like, no, no, I think he was talking to you. Said, what a nasty prick. Why would he say that if you're not going? I went, was he talking to me? Oh, yeah, that's a bit mean. Well, anyway, so I got out of the car. And like, when I say paparazzi, like three photographers, Dave Rogers, who's the, like the only photographer. Still in, going. He's the only photographer in men's, in men's rugby. There's, there's Dave. And um, I'm going, don't worry, take a picture of me because you're going. I look round, I think it's weird. And Oz pulls my letter out of his pocket, goes, Is this what you're looking for? 
So that's five hours. He'd um, hidden my letter. From oh my me. So God. that's that's just, that's just the sort of that's how he rolls. Yeah. How he rolls. Nice man. Yeah. Choke him. I would if I was stronger than him. He probably beat me up anyway. <laughs> so. um, and on to good week, bad week. Uh, this week's good week goes to Sia Khaleesi, or the fan, who yeah. he went, I don't know if you saw, he I went have, over yeah. after the game and signed his budgie smugglers. Yeah. So, uh... We've got a pair of maiden budgie smugglers, you? Uh, I got, I've got, uh... No, I, don't, I haven't got any Saris ones. I've got some England ones, yeah. and then some Hawaiian ones. My wife goes mental when I come down the beach and him. Yeah. Kids will run a mile. Get away from me in those pants. And Shawnee, who gets the bad week this week? Legendary. Xavier Rush, yeah. Xavier. Oh, my God, Xavier I saw Rush. this. Yeah. In the Whoa, chippy. Get that in there. <laughs> oh, I saw this. <laughs> in the chippy. So, Shawnee, who gets the bad week this week? For this you? week on bad week, we are going to give it to the poor fan who took on Xavier Rush in a kebab shop. <laughs> and it did not end well for him. Oh, he absolutely destroys him. Mate, he could have killed him. Okay, and then I love the way he just gets straight back to his kebab, eh? He doesn't even flinch. And Shawnee, who's getting uh, your simbin this week? Dan Coles is getting the simbin this week for his uh, little chat to Johnny Sexton and calling him a see you next week. Um, yeah, the two of them <laughs> the, the two of them had a little bit of a scrap the minute they yeah. actually came on. So he was, he was going around, he looked like he was pretty... Um, agitated and aggressive when he came on the field and I think the very first breakdown he went into him and Johnny had a little bit of a scuffle on the ground and then uh, that was that was the start of that so um, didn't do him any good though because we still got the W yeah, and you've sobered up haven't you I have I had, <laughs> after your scrap and your drink I had, well a, done, gr- I had a great weekend I had a great weekend that's all that matters well Will thanks so much for joining us it's been great to go through your book world class how to lead learn and grow like a champion yeah. you're a happy man now I hope thank you boss um, Shawnee sidekick Robin great to see you <laughs> you can find us on Joe YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts this has been the House of Rugby brought to you by Joe take care You've been listening to the House of Rugby on Joe.